Welcome, welcome to the Black Man's Heart Podcast. Thank you guys for joining in. We have a special show for you today. I know I say that every time we have a show, but believe me, today is very special. I'm going to just jump right into it. This brother that's joining us today is a Hall of Famer. He's the first to lead five different major league organizations to the playoffs. He is an advocate for student-athletes, and you know how I feel about student-athletes. Shout out to my brother, Faonga, and the student-athlete organization. Um, He's an advocate for student-athletes and a board member of the Positive Coaching Alliance. Shout out to them. The creator of the High Five, and we would definitely get into that. The win, he, he's, he owns a winery, and, and you know we need representation in the winery uh, field. And please believe me, I'm going to buy a few bottles. A mentor, a coach, this brother is a legend, legend. A man of men, king of kings. And did I mention he's a Hall of Famer? He's a grandfather, a new grandfather, the new title of grandfather, a husband and a father. Allow me to introduce our brother, Dusty Baker. How how you doing, Dusty? Hey, I'm doing fine, Barry. I mean, uh, it's it's a pleasure to see, you know, what you've become, because I knew you had you <laughs> a little teenager. And, uh, man, here you are interviewing me, and then when you called a couple weeks ago, I was like, man, is this is this really Barry from, from a long, long, long time ago? From the candlestick yeah. party days, you know what I mean? And uh, so uh, I mean, I'm 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 proud of you, and, and when, you know, whenever I see a young brother, you know, make some of himself, uh, especially when he comes from yeah. humble beginnings, and uh, you know, all the forces, you know, were really against you as a, mm. you know, as a kid, and uh, you know, now that you're a man, and and hopefully that you can help motivate, you know, some of the other young brothers and sisters out there, you know, that they can make it also and and become something because most of the time as a youngster you know you're told what you can't do or you're told uh, what you're not going to be allowed to do but you can't let any of those uh, <clears throat> you know any of those obstacles uh, uh, stand in your way you gotta exactly. knock down those exactly and, and thank you for that man um, um, there's a lot more that I have to thank you for um, as we move forward but you mentioned something about you know uh, obstacles in our youth and you know, Dusty, you you uh, you were somebody that I looked up to uh, for many reasons. More as I um, uh, worked closely with you and saw you on a day to day. But can you tell us about some of the people that you looked up looked up to as a as a youngster? And, and you know, where did you come from? And and what was that like for you? Well, that's a good question. I came from um, Riverside, mm. California, and. You know, my dad stayed after war. My dad's from Florida. He married my mom. Um, stayed in Riverside, California. Um, you know, my I really looked up to my dad. You know, I thought he was very, very strict. Made us go to church. Made us, you know, I never saw him take a drink. Never. He was a, a deacon. He made us a junior deacon. And, uh, you know, we had to go to church. Oh, you know how black folks go to church. The Baptist church oh all day long. Yes. Sunday school. Uh, Breakfast, lunch, and dinner at the Baptist Uh, church. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And then you got to go back for for Baptist uh, training union, BTU. And then, uh, you know, uh, in Riverside, we were such a a close-knit community. It was about 50,000 people. We're about 50 miles southeast of L.A. going toward the desert. 
And, uh, you know, my dad was, was big in the community. And, uh, uh, you know, the Bonds family was, um, you know, was the number one athletic family in, you know, in the town, along with the Davises and, um, uh, you know, everybody played ball. And my dad was, 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 was Bobby Bonds' little league coach. And Bobby was four years older than me. So I was trying to be Bobby what? all the time. I played four sports because of Bobby. Um, and so, um, <clears throat> you know, then, uh, you know, uh, we moved to, River, I mean, from Riverside to Sacramento in 1965. Brother, I'm sorry to stop you, but can we just pause real quick? Yeah. There was, <laughs> yeah. in the youth league with your father being the coach, there was there was a, a, a mm. little rivalry between you, not a rivalry, friendly rivalry, a, a competitive rivalry between you and Bobby. Or so more so on your part, would you say did Bobby know? No, it was on my <laughs> part. Let me tell you something, Bobby. Bobby didn't compete with anybody. Okay, the only people the only people that he competed with was his own brothers and sisters, because uh, those are the only people that could you know that could right. beat him in anything. You know, Bobby was the youngest of his family. You know, he had a sister, Rosie, he had his older brother, uh, Robert, he had his brother, David, uh, and they were the best uh, at everything uh, in town. And everybody tried to be Bobby Bonds. Bobby Bonds was a little league kid that 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 hit two home runs and then threw a no hitter. You know, he was a guy that scored five touchdowns. He was a guy that, that, that scored 30 points. He went to the state track meet. Uh, 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 you know, he won 100, 220, and uh, uh, no, they didn't let him run that then. Um, um, uh, but you know, he Super he had the uh, state record for the long jump, and that's why I long jumped to try to beat Bobby Bonds. I mean, I always came up short, but I mean, coming up short of Bobby Bonds yeah. was still better than you were in good you know, company either people. way. And so, oh yeah, it was great company. But you know, Riverside was a town like I said, a 50,000, where everybody played against each other. You know, I mean, uh, uh, you know, they we had the same racial problems that every every other town has, but, you know, we all, the town was such a size where we had to go to school with white, blacks, Mexicans, a lot of Mexican kids, uh, you know, a few uh, uh, Asian kids. And, you know, we came up playing ball. And if you didn't play ball, something's wrong with you. And, uh, you know, we swam in the summer. I mean, we played soccer. We played, we were always playing something. And, and our house was the, uh, you know, was the playground away from the park. You know, uh, we had a backyard where we played football. We had a, my dad put a, a he went to the dump. And uh, I said, dad, I'd, I'd like to have a basketball goal. So we went to the dump, got a two by four, got an old rim and then and put a lights on the garage. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, my dad was was handy and we played basketball out there until the wee hours of the morning. And then people would say, quick bouncing that basketball. And then once I became a pretty good basketball player, then the people like, oh, I know that boy. Yeah. Some, someday, you know what I mean? And uh, I told my dad, I, you know, I wanted a, I wanted a skateboard. So my dad built wow. a skateboard. And, uh, uh, you know, my dad always had two jobs. He worked for Norton Air Force Base as well as my mom and then my mom went back to school uh, at, at 40 years old got her master's degree and and and, and taught uh, black studies and so my mom was about education and uh, I'm the oldest of five and my dad was about right. common sense and uh, you know my dad had more common sense than any man I knew and uh, everybody in town respected my father they called him Mr. Baker or either Big John 
and I'm Johnny Jr., but he never uh, called me Jr. And he didn't let, let anybody else call me Jr. My name was always Dusty from the time, mm. you know, I can remember. And nobody's ever called me anything other than Dusty, other than my elementary school teachers or, or some or, or some some uh, fellow pupils that I I would see later in life. They, you know, if they called me Dusty from the stands, I wouldn't even turn around. But if they called me Johnny, I knew that they went to, you know, the probably elementary right. school with me. So, you know, like I had a pretty good uh, childhood, um, you know, great childhood. And like I said, my dad worked two jobs. I was always with him. You know, he cut lawns, he tacked roofs, he, he, you know, um, um, you know, uh, uh, he tacked uh, uh, seats at the theater. So, you know, I guess my work ethic, you know, came from, uh, you know, came from my dad. My dad was always trying to make a living for me and my four younger brothers. Very hardworking man. Well, with that kind of example, it's it seems uh, it seems like a no, you know, like you don't have an option to be lazy or to not, you know, find a way doing something. Um, no, no, Barry. Hey, Barry, let me correct you. There is no <laughs> options, okay? <laughs> okay, and there was no laziness because, see, you didn't have a choice. Right. You know what I mean? And uh, 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 I remember one time my dad told me, and, and my dad never whipped me without without something that I deserved. It. I, and then when I look back on it, my dad told me, he said, look, son, you're going to be afraid of, of somebody in life and it might as well be me. <laughs> and see, as a kid, I mm-hmm. never got in trouble. I was on borderline trouble because, you know, all, all the guys, uh, uh, when I grew up, all the heroes on TV sure. were the bad guys. You know, Jesse James, Babyface Nelson. I mean, you name them all. They were the bad guys, and the bad guys are always having fun. But but see, my dad told me, he says, look, son, don't ever let the police mm. bring you home. And see, I was not afraid of the police. I was <laughs> afraid of my dad. And, uh, you know, long before Neighborhood Watch, you know, there was oh, Miss yeah. Burrell that would be peeking out of her window. And, 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 and you know, back then they would say it takes a village to raise a... Um, a child, well, it was because, see, if I was doing something wrong mm-hmm. in the street, man, that news got <laughs> home before I got home. Right. Or, or, or you know, Miss Burrell would, you know, would, you know, would give me a spanking and then my daddy would tell her, thank you, then I'd get another spanking. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, um, you know, I was raised with a lot of discipline and my dad used to always tell me that this is hurting me more than it's going to hurt you. And I was like, ain't no <laughs> way. But yeah, on the other hand, he told me that love is discipline, and that's how I've tried to raise my kids, and that's how I try to raise uh, exactly. guys on my team. And and, and so you guys uh, moved from Southern California to Northern California, and and, and you were in uh, middle school at this time, high school, middle school. Yeah, hello. I'm sorry, Dustin. Can you hear me? Yeah, I got you. But you know, that was one of the, I cried because I, I was going into my junior year and I was going to be big man on campus at, at Riverside oh, wow. Poly. And, uh, you know, and then when my dad's job got transferred to Northern California, we moved into an area up here in Sacramento where our family was the only black family uh, in the whole community. And the day we moved in, there were for sale signs <laughs> came up uh, uh, across the street. And I remember my dad 
got in an argument with the man across the street. He told my my baby sister to get on get on her side of the street, and then then then, you know, uh, there were only two black kids in the high school. Me and my brother, and uh, he was a sophomore, and I was a no, he was a freshman, and I was a a junior. And then there were uh, there was one black child, my sister in the junior high, and there were two black kids in the elementary school, my brother and sister. And so um, the only thing is, I think I scored like four or five touchdowns that first game and then half the sale signs yeah. came down. But, you know, it was, uh, it, was, it, it was challenging. I mean, it was way challenging to go from, you know, black and whites and Mexicans to uh, all white society. And, and, it, and, and I was only there a couple of years, but it was hard on my younger brother and sister that end up, uh, you know, being, you know, some of the only black kids for, for a whole lot more years than me, because I left to go play uh, ball after my after my junior year. So, um, you know, it was uh, uh, all these lessons helped me to know how to deal with with people. Right. You know what I mean? You, you know, deal with people that don't like you. They would deal that, that to deal with people that can't stand you. To be with people that were sympathetic uh, to you, or 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 you know, it just taught me how to deal with people because. We as a as a as a race have had to learn how to deal with other people more than other people have, has had to deal learn how to yeah, deal with us. Tolerance you know I mean? is way higher for, yeah, so, for us, it seems. Yeah, and, and which also helped me in my in 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 managing, you know. Um, um, then and then from there, <clears throat> um, I didn't even want to play baseball, Barry. I mean that I wanted to play football or basketball, and then my dad wanted me to go to Santa Clara. He made me sign a letter of intent, and my parents got divorced at that time. And I didn't I didn't want to go to another rich, like all white school, and so you know predominantly white school. And so you know I wanted to go to Arizona State or one of the team one of the schools where I could have you know party a little bit and uh, you know get a 2.0 and, uh, and and I could do that stand on my head and then and have a great time. But my dad, you know, like I get, again, he was about education. And so uh, the night of the draft, like I said, my parents were, were, were they got divorced my senior year and uh, night of the draft, I prayed to the Braves, I prayed to the Lord, please don't let me get drafted by the Atlanta Braves. And um, um, the next morning, well, welcome. You're a proud member of the Atlanta Braves. I'm like, oh, you didn't hear me because I, you know, being raised in a church, you know, I mean, when in doubt, when you're at a crossroads, you know, I mean, prayer will give you the answer. And I'm like, Lord, you didn't hear me. Yeah, like, wait so a minute. Who was I talking to? Yeah, check this out. Check this out. They flew me and my mom to L.A. And I was two weeks to go to Santa Clara. And Tommy Davis was my favorite player as a kid coming up on the Dodgers. And uh, that's why we're number 12 today. And I end up wearing his number later on and, and, and meeting him and becoming great friends with him. And so uh, they flew us to LA and Hank Aaron told my mom that, you know, that if I had enough confidence in myself to, um, to be in the big leagues by the time my class would have graduated from Santa Clara then sign if not then and then go to college and so um, I ended up signing 
Uh, Hank Aaron promised my mom he would take care of me as if I was a son. And then Hank told the Braves that I had more ability than any young outfielder that he had seen. And then I left to go play ball. And uh, <clears throat> I had to come back home to go to college. Well, there was only two weeks left in the season. I came back home to go to college because Vietnam was hot and you had to carry 15 units per semester uh, or else you were drafted in between semesters, no incompletes, no Fs, no nothing. And so, and so um, um, I got back home and I was served some papers by my dad's lawyer. They tried to nullify my contract and they they invoked the Jackie Coogan child prodigy law, which, which was a law that stopped uh, parents from spending uh, the child actors money until they were 21. And so um, I didn't even speak to my dad for, you know, I used to drop my brothers and sisters off. I didn't speak to my dad for three years, between 18 and 21. And um, cause I, you know, that famous, I'm grown now, yeah. I can do what I want. And so um, the state of California was was uh, deemed a trustee over my financial affairs and they, they invested my money in IBM stock and and um, Standard Oil of California, which is Chevron now. And then three years later, my money tripled, and uh, all of a sudden my dad wasn't so mean anymore. And, and and then I like to tell people we made up, but we didn't make up. I made up. You know what I mean? And um, so and then we became back to how we were the. Uh, you know the whole time and you never think that your parents can are capable of hurt especially your pops because I never saw my pops sick I never saw him cry I never saw him emotional I never saw I mean my man my, my dad was like Hank Aaron was was like a man's man you know so uh, you know that's my story how my career started and I was so fortunate to be in the big leagues the next year and, and Hank Aaron did take care of me as if I was a son. He made me go to church. He made me, uh, uh, the best thing happened to me was going to the South, which I didn't want to go. Uh, you know, he, he introduced me to, I was with him. He introduced me to Andrew Young, who I just saw at Hank's funeral, Maynard Jackson, Jesse Jackson, Ted Abernathy. You know, I saw some of the greatest civil rights uh, leaders of all time. So, you know, whatever you pray for, I'm a witness that God has a, another plan for you, but you have to follow the plan that he Most has definitely. laid out for you. Most definitely. And, mm -hmm. and rest in peace to, to Hank Aaron, um, who is, by all standards, he was, he, I, I met him once um, when he came to, uh, to Candlestick. And I was so nervous when they told me he was in the building. So nervous. Um, because I didn't know, you know, what I'm, I'm, I only saw him on TV and um, he was standing by Murph's office uh, talking to <laughs> Murph. That's it. Yeah, Murph. Hey, let me tell you about Murph <laughs> before you miss it. I got called to the big leagues at 19, uh -huh. right? Murph. And so my first game was in Candlestick Park. Wow. And, and Murph wouldn't, uh, wouldn't let me in the clubhouse. Whoa. And so Murph, Murph, he goes, can I help you? I said, hey, yeah, man, I'm on the team. He goes, I look like 15. He's like, yeah, right, I get lost. I'm on the team too. So, so, so I see somebody walk by. And so uh, Jim Busby, one of my coaches, and I said, hey, man, 
he, this guy won't let me in. And so he goes, yeah, he's on the team. He goes, this little kid's on the team. Like this, I had a whisker <laughs> on my face. <laughs> and, so, and so I tell Murph the story. And, and then I end up being his boss, but Murph was always, he, he, you know, he was always yeah. a boss yeah. to me, even though. Okay, so what happened now? Go on, yeah, Larry, no. <laughs> and so he's he's by Murph's office. And, um, and I, you know, walk up to him and I, uh, I waited for him, you know, to get done talking. I introduced myself and he was just the coolest guy. You know, the, 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 you know how you meet mm-hmm. some people and you can feel their energy. His 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 demeanor, his personality was just kind. It was it was it was welcoming. You know, you um Thank you. He's a very, very much so. Um mm-hmm. just very disarming also. Any kind of uh um any kind of thoughts you have about a uh, baseball player or a pro or you know whatever media uh, figure you have when you meet them in person sometimes you are just immediate that goes away completely you're disarmed and um, and sometimes you're disappointed y- yes you are I, and I have <laughs> yeah sometimes 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 you wish you'd never met your people yes that is true man because I have stories about that also <laughs> but so you mentioned that uh, you did not originally want to go to the Braves why was that well because I didn't want to go to the south mm. you know this was 1967 68 through 75 mm. um, um, you know Vietnam was hot everything was about non-conformity uh, my dad, I could go to San Francisco. I could go to uh, Monterey Pop Festival. I could have gone. Uh, I went to Winterland. I went to the Filmo, the Filthy Mo, uh, you know, to see all kind of concerts. But my dad didn't want me going to Berkeley, and uh, he said, "Stay out of Berkeley." And you know, that was the first place I was going to, because you know, because he knew that I was, <clears throat> you know, uh, I, I was I was half my mom, and so. You know, like he didn't want me going to Berkeley to, to be with H. Rap Brown and the Panthers and Huey Newton and Angela right. Davis and, uh, um, you know, uh, all the, the, you know, the, uh, all the people that my mo- my mother taught and, and made us read books about. And so, uh, uh, and, 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 and at that time you would see, you know, the Freedom Riders, um, in, in the South, um, and, and George Wallace and uh, Lester Maddox, and all the uh, the church bombings and the and the policemen and the dogs and the, um, um, you know that's why I didn't want to go to the South and then that's where I end up going. That was the best thing that happened to me because it really gave me a, an idea and uh, not an idea. It gave me a true perspective about about being being black and. Uh, uh, at that time, the Braves got tired of me missing half the season because I, I would stay in school uh, until June and then leave my team and and, and hitting and, and, and with no spring training, no nothing. And so the Braves asked me to join the National Guard. And this is this is when the National Guard was being called out, similar to Washington uh, now being called out. Uh, you know, in protests and, and right. riots, and 
Uh, and so I was like, no, I can't join the National Guard because I feel the same way that, that, that most of the people I'm watching on TV feel. And so uh, instead, the only thing that was open was the Marine Corps. And so I joined the Marines and um, I did six months and then I did five and a half years, a weekend a month. And then two weeks every summer, I left uh, to go be a Marine. And while I was in the Marine Corps boot camp, you know, I was a dress blue, uh, you know, I was a dress blue honor man because they told me I was competitive. They, so they told me the first day of boot camp that somebody here is going to be in blue out of like five, six hundred dudes, or however many were. And so I said, hey, man, you might just give me that right now. You know what I mean? And save all this six weeks of boot camp. And uh, I ended up being a dress blue honor man expert in pistols and rifles. And I beat everybody in hand to hand combat weighing 170 pounds and the Braves um, came my graduation day. Uh, Mr. Bill Lucas, who's Hank's brother-in-law, was our farm director with the Braves, and uh, him and Paul Snyder came down to, you know, you know, as as a representative to to you know for the Braves, and um, um, you know, I saw Ruby Lucas, Bill's Bill's wife, because Bill had passed, I don't know, 20 years ago, uh, this weekend, and, and she reminded me that. You know, she helped raise me and Ralph Gar, my roommate. So um, every time I go in my weight room and I see pictures of uh, Jim Gilliam, who who was my coach with the Dodgers, um, uh, Bill Lucas, Hank Aaron, Willie Mays, Satchel Paige, who was on our team um, in 68, you know, it just reminds me of uh, Joe Black, reminds me of all the dudes that, that helped mold me to be you know, the way I, I am. Uh, and I had those guys as players, but I then when I start coaching, when you first met me, you know, I'm looking at a picture of, of Bill Walsh right now at, at, at his last supper. And I'm the only baseball player there, along with Joe Montana, Dwight Clark, Bill Rain, and, 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 and Eric Wright. And, um, and, you know, the influences that I've had <clears throat> as well as Mr. Al Adams. So I got to give him some props because I met him at 16 at the Squaw Valley Warriors basketball right. camp uh, where my dad scraped up $125 to send me to that camp. And my dad told me, he says, look, son, you go up there and you come back the MVP. And that was my, that was my, my uh, uh, motivation. And uh, they gave me a little trophy and I came back, you know, the MVP. And uh, I showed my dad and uh, I was 16 years old. And uh, see, the best you could get out of my dad, Barry, was pretty good. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I said, Dad, how did I do? He goes, well, yeah, pretty good, son. I'm like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so anyway, like I said, I mean, um, you know, my journey has not been my own. It's been, um, you know, directed you know, from God and uh, also from, from you know, some mentors. Because see, Hank Aaron used to tell me all the time, Barry. He says, you may not, he asked me, he said, he said, hey boy, I thought my name was boy for until I was about, I don't know, 27, 28. Between my dad called me, hey boy, come here. And and um, and then he called me gold dust when he was really feeling <laughs> affectionate. And, and he said, look, he says, you may not understand everything that I'm telling you, 
and I didn't understand nothing. That's all yeah, I understand. But he goes, you know, the key to life is to retain at some point in time in your life, retain what I'm telling you. You know what I mean? You don't know when that, uh, uh, you know, retention is going to come into effect. And I try to tell young guys, just don't go too far off the path one way or the other get in serious serious trouble because you know i mean none of us are angels you know what i mean i could have got in trouble with barry a thousand times you know what i mean but i could hear my dad talking to me about don't let the cops bring you home you understand and i could hear hank talking to me about you know hey you know go to bed boy or get up and eat breakfast or you know you gotta you gotta be disciplined and, and you know i mean you can go out you can do this and that but you gotta remember you know what you're doing and who's paying you and 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 your your goal you can't let the party and mess with mm. your goal right you know what i'm saying and so you got to keep that goal is number one and that i can hear hank talk to me now about about retention and so whatever what i'm talking to the people out there that are listening and to you um and i'm not no, preaching no, to you you know i'm not a, i'm not a, a preacher but you know like just just retain what I'm telling you because like my dad and Hank Aaron told me that uh, <clears throat> uh, you know what you're telling people is wasn't yours to to possess somebody gave it to you whether it's Jim Gilliam whether it was Roy Campanella or Sandy Koufax or some of the greats that I've been around and 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 our job is to is to pass it on to all the young people out there that you know that want to be something and talking about young people. I love young people. I mean, I got a son, twenty-one years old. Yeah, you know shout what out saying? to Darren. And, uh, What's going on, D? You know. <laughs> oh yeah, and see, I mean, he's a student, and he's a student athlete. And that's the one I'm most proud of this year that he's going to graduate in May on time. Mm. You know, what I mean, I mean, he's a heck of a ball player, but I'm most proud that he's going to graduate. And 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 when I think about <clears throat> you know George Floyd and all the all the, uh, uh, the different things that happened this summer. I'm really yeah. proud of the young people for standing up for, for, you know, for what they believe, do it in a peaceful manner. Um, I wasn't quite as peaceful as I've seen some of these people now because it's a little bit different in our time. Yeah. You know what and, I'm saying? And, and I wanted to so, know, you, you know, uh, uh, you mentioned uh, the, uh, the tensions in the South and, and, you know, how you felt about the South uh, around that time. Is it you know that feeling that you had around that time is it the same now when there's a lot of uh, you know unarmed uh, people of color being murdered and, and protests and things like that, that does yeah. that feeling come back up again well it's not only in the south now see that that's that, that's the right. difference I mean it was everywhere before to tell you the truth just the south was, was, was what I found was, was more in yeah. your face yeah. you know what I'm saying and sometimes I can deal more in my face than I can you know behind my back. You know, when you think, yeah, when you think somebody's cool and boom, all of a sudden yeah. they ain't cool, you exactly. know? And, and so, uh, uh, I mean, this whole situation in our country and the whole regime has, has really, um, you know, split the split the nation. We got to have somebody that's a uniter. We got to have somebody to bring people, to, you know, together because, um, uh, you know, this is bringing out the worst in in damn near all right. people right you know what i mean and 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 the lines have been you know there's no gray area see that's that's the difference between what i see now and before 
is it are you over to the right or are you to the left you know are you a republican or are you a democrat a lot I mean, of titles you know yeah yeah and, and there has to be you know you know you know some neutral gray area for i mean they're neutrons and, and you know yeah. with atoms not to say that you uh, um, um, you know, not to get like physics is one of my worst <laughs> subjects. But, you know, the, 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 you know, there's what there's protons, there's a uh, 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 neutrons. Uh, What's the opposite of protons? Protons, neutrons, yeah. atoms, and oh, bo- wait, photons, photons? No, not photons. Yeah, there you go. There you go, man. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> I stop myself sometimes. Right. You know what I'm saying? You know, I try to recall what I learned in school, but I mean, there there got to be a great area for a resting place for, you know, for us to to go come together and then try to come up with a solution. Right, right exactly. And, and um, you know, one of the things that um, that I saw was a constant in your upbringing, um, your your maturation, the you know your growth from. Uh, boyhood or childhood to manhood was the uh, the amount of male influence that you had. Um, mm-hmm. Your father being um, a very very strong part, and then uh, Hank Aaron taking on uh, uh, I don't, I don't want to say that role, but pretty much being like a father to you. Um, what what was right. it? What was that like coming up under Hank or or you know, you're in a career, but you're also growing up. You're you're maturing, mm-hmm. and you have Hank Aaron, who is also breaking barriers, like you know, trailblazing in his own right. Who is who is giving right. you manhood advice? You know, advice on manhood and and maturing into into a man. What's that like for you? Well, you know, Barry, <laughs> it's not like he just sat down and and, and gave you yeah. lessons. You know, I mean, you know, like he he showed you how to be, you know, and and, and I, I, I learned from Hank that most of the time the younger players are going to follow suit from whoever the greatest player on that team is. You know, if that if that superstar player is is, is not a good guy or treat people right, then then uh, most of the time some of the players are going to follow suit. I mean, Hank showed us how to be. Um, there were others that showed us how not to be, which is as important as how to be. Yeah. You know, and um, um, you know when the the thing that I'm, I'm I'm seeing now a little bit that's that's missing. You know, most of the time the moms are always, you know, the loving or grandmoms are always there. You know what I mean? And um, and, and back in the day, most of the fathers, you know, were there because that's who the little league coaches were, yeah. you know what I mean? And, and and the disciplinarians were, you know, what I'm seeing now, um, you know, not to get on my brothers, but I'm seeing now that it seemed like the, you know, the role of, of, of mother and father has been, has been taken on mostly by the mom, you know what I mean? And, um, you know, it's hard for a mom. And, and, and you know, I got love for women because it's hard for a mom to tell a son how to be yep. a man. You know what I mean? And uh, 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 you know, when I look at things, um, and 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 I'm looking around, 
um, you know, most of the women are, are are going to school. Most of the women are studying. You know, most of the women, um, you know, are killing it, man. They got good jobs. You know yeah. what I mean? And, and and it's hard for the, for a lot of women to find a a mate, to find an equal man. You know what I mean? And it's like, you know, you, it's like, you know, come on, dudes. I mean, y'all falling behind and and. You know, a lot of these good jobs are being taken because of, you know the, you know the ladies are, are are doing their thing, going to school and working two jobs. And I'm I remember I used to hate being a class full of girls. No, well, I kind of liked it to tell you the truth, but I hated it because you had to study. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because because the ladies are study. You know, I mean, most of us be kind of fooling around with them, but you know, I mean, they're going home studying. So, you know, I'm urging our, you know, our brothers out there to, you know, try to keep up and instead of, you know, talking stuff on them, you know, just 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 keep up and do what we're supposed to exactly. do. Exactly, exactly. We we definitely need that uh, that encouragement and also um, uh, uplifting from one another. Um, you know, because the uh, a lot of times you'll you'll hear of a black man or you know not even a black man just you'll hear of a brother that's trying to do something successful but um his right. you know or some people in his crew or in his community don't necessarily lift him up and so when he fails he fails big right. um and i just you know uh, another you know uh word to the brothers out out here um you have support you have brothers around you that are in the struggle with you or in a struggle of their own right up on the path of their own who are trying just as hard as you who when they fail they feel like they're failing big just like you are but you're not alone you're not alone i just want to let y'all know you were definitely yeah. yeah well true that you know people ask me why i keep managing because like you know like i i, I gotta win and, and and i feel sometimes that i'm letting letting you know our people down. I know how much, how much people are pulling for me. Right. You know what I mean. And uh, you know, like I just came from Hank Aaron's, like I said, funeral, and seeing how much, you know, uh, as much as I think I've done, I got to do more. You know, because when I when I think of Hank Aaron and I'm listening to all the people that Hank Aaron helped along the way, um, you know, sometimes I had an attitude that, hey, man, I, I can only do so much or whatever it is. But when I listen to Hank Aaron at his funeral services, I'm like, oh, no, man. I mean, this motivates me, you know, to do more. And my dad told me before to don't because I, I was going to go check out and go somewhere and go to Hawaii and just kick back the rest of my life. My dad said, son, the Lord wouldn't have put you mm -hmm. in this situation. Um, of, of, of knowledge and learning and all the people that you've met to just go hide away with it someplace because it's not yours to possess it's yours to share with other people and so um, <clears throat> now, like I said I mean Hank Aaron's death really really you know affected me you know to the point of, of, of total sadness but also total rejuvenation and uh, um, just yeah, trying to do more definitely. thank you um, Dusty, I know you you have a lot going on and, and uh, a lot that you have to get to. I don't want to keep you, um, but yeah. I'm sorry, Barry, Barry, I ain't talking to you about <laughs> twenty years. You know, thank you, saying? man. Thank you. Just let let me know when uh, 
when you uh, uh, when you have to wrap up and uh, believe me it's no problem um, well, well, well see that's what Hank and my dad did I mean, that's the reason why I started see when I lost yeah. a couple jobs right um, I started Baker Family Wines and because I, I started being growing grapes here because there aren't many many brothers in, in the wine business you know what I mean or the grape growing business so I started Baker Family Wines and uh, then Hank joined us. I mean, he told me that he was going to join it whether I liked it or not. Him and Mr. Moorhead, uh, you know, his partner that 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 had one of the first. I think they had the first BMW dealerships uh, in the country, and so they both joined us. And that's why we got Hank here in seven fifty five. Uh, I also uh, um, uh, one year I was out. I built my house here. And uh, you know, like it's, it's like I got a solar solar pool, um, solar well, solar ground mount, roof mount, uh, carport, um, and trying to be, you know, fully sustained. Even though I'm still on the grid, um, and wanted to leave a better carbon footprint for for my, you know, for my sons and daughters. And I went to Alaska. One time, uh, one one summer off, and I saw the, you know, the polar caps and uh, melting, and I was like, man, people talking about this, you know, no global warming. Well, it's real. I mean, it's real. So I started also Baker uh, Energy Team because I went to a couple of conferences, and there might have been three or four brothers there out of, and out of five thousand people. Wow. You know, so we getting left behind and in quite a few areas um, you know we need engineers we need uh, um, uh, you know people that are that are going to you know because we're getting left behind in many many departments so uh, you know I'm hoping that my I want to leave it says in the bible that you know a good man leaves inheritance for his kids kids mm. and uh, I ain't quite there yet I got enough for my kids but not for my kids kids so that's why I got to you know, um, keep working and striving. You know, for you know, Dusty. Um, it's funny that you say that because one, an experience that I had with you uh, with, in the, with the Giants. Um, and for those listening, I was the first African American bat boy for the San Francisco Giants when Dusty was the first African American manager for the San Francisco Giants. And the no, but up there, I was second, second, but. but uh, Second behind Frank, Frank Ross. No way. I, I'm sorry, Dusty, and my bad friend. I, I did not know that's that okay. until just now. No, that is okay. That, that That's fine. I, I just didn't want somebody yeah. to call you on it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> thank, you for, thank you for that. Um, um, my experience yeah. there with you, uh, it was the first time that I had ever had an experience like this. Um, but I went on to tell people, I hundreds of people throughout the years um, when it would come up in conversation this story um, and it was I, I think uh, my first um, my first seven games in 1993 summer of 1993 as an honorary bad boy and um, there was uh, another bad boy there uh, 19 years old I think at the time um, and I think they called him Red um, mm. 
Hey, man, I know Red. I know Red today. He's down in South Carolina. He, he, he Is that right? I, I, man, shout out to Red. Yeah, man. man. Red, Red used to pick up. Hey, Red used to pick up Tosh from the airport when when my daughter was eight, nine years old. He used to come visit me. You know what I mean? From after me and her, her mom got divorced. And uh seemed like divorce is always in my family. I ain't getting divorced no more. I don't care what. So uh yeah, Red, go ahead, man. Red, so, so Red is Red, 19. What? I'm I'm 13. And um and so a, yeah. a ball hits the backstop and and Red goes, go get that ball. And and you go, Barry, don't you move? And I freeze. And then and Red and Red is looking, and this is all in a matter of seconds. Seconds, two, three seconds at the most. You go, Barry, don't you move? And I freeze. Red looks. He, he looks at me and he looks at you and he, and he and he runs, gets the ball from the backstop. And while he's going to get the ball, you go, when uh, when they're talking to you like that, don't you move? And then he comes back and he throws the ball in the little bag and he slaps me on the on the arm. He's like, Hey, come here. He takes me to the to the tunnel. And he uh, he goes, Hey, what, what, what's all that about? What, what what was that about? I said, Man, I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't know. Dusty said, don't move. I didn't move. What do you want me to do? I don't know. I'm 13. What do you? He said, hey, I didn't. I didn't. He goes, hey, I didn't mean anything by that. You know, I didn't mean anything. I said, hey. I and he didn't. Right. And he didn't really. But see, but see, that's 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 just like, that goes back to the time when my dad wouldn't let me caddy. You know what I mean? He wouldn't let me shine shoes. You know, there's certain things that, that, that you know, you know, give some you know, give you some pride. I mean, some pride in in, in being a man and being a black man. Exactly. You know what I mean? And Red, Red ended up being one of my closest partners, man. I mean, I still talk to Red. And and and, and Red, his name is John. I never his knew his like, first or last man. name. Uh, I think his name is John. What is John? John Holland. John. I knew his name was John. Well, see him and Eric Wright used to be at the 49 No, I've, I've never met Eric either. Yeah, yeah. Well, Eric Wright was on those teams with Bill Walsh, with Joe Montana, Eric Wright, uh, Ronnie yeah. Lott, all them. I Keenan Turner. Those are all my boys. And so Red is real great friends with Eric Wright wow. to this day. Shout out to Red. Like, yeah. So after that, he ended up being like a protector for me um, until he went off to college. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah and, correct. and um Red was, Red was very cool, cool very very cool um and but after that my experience I, I did get I did experience um you know being bullied by Pee-wee by Pee-wee yep. who is Pee-wee was younger than me smaller than me but oh my gosh so mean shout out to Justin because he and I just talked yeah. about a year ago um and I'm gonna have him on the on the show but uh years forward moving years later in college and everything um i would have experiences with actual actual experiences with racism that uh i it, it, it was when somebody called me a boy for the first time and yeah. it was just the way that they said in my spirit something was wrong about the way that they said that word and um it brought me back to the lesson that I learned that day, which was when they're talking to you a certain way, you know, be aware of that. And and that's that switch clicked on. Um and, and 
I'm sorry, go but, ahead. But you know, man, that that's where Ralph Gar and Hank Aaron came in and in, into in mm-hmm. play with me. And, and in the sixties, mid sixties to early seventies. Cause that was the first time I had been called really boy in the South. Wow. You know what I mean? And uh but they I took exception to it and they called everybody boy. You know what I mean? And I, I was like, wait a minute now. And so there was one time where we got stopped by the police, by the Smokies in Mississippi, in Vicksburg, Mississippi, going across the, in a, in a, um, Jackson, Mississippi. And so I used to drive every year, pick up Ralph Guard, Grambling, and then we'd go from Grambling to to uh, uh, Florida. And then after the season, I'd drop him back off in Grambling, but we used to come across the Vicksburg mm-hmm. Bridge right there, coming into, into uh, Louisiana. And uh, so we got stopped by the Smokies, and and, uh, and he called me a boy. He said, "Where you going, boy?" And uh, and uh, I said, "I ain't gonna be no boy." So then Ralph hit me in the side, <laughs> <laughs> pow, right in the side. So I'm like, "Dang, Gator!" His nickname's Gator. So uh, uh, he said, "He said, look now." You better be quiet, or else you got some knots upside your head. We got to get out of here. And see, Ralph really helped me. The best thing that happened to me, other than Hank Aaron, was Ralph Gar, my roommate, who was from the South, that taught me how to how to survive and how to you know how to be, you know, in the South. Like like a guide. uh, That was a long time ago, but I'm sure it ain't changed. T- too much in a whole bunch of yeah, places. And, and man, I was in Indianapolis. So, so this is, and this Ooh. is in uh, 2001. Um, and, and and so 2002, there was a lynching uh, downtown Indianapolis in Central Park. Um, a few blocks from where yeah. the case was played. Um, where a young brother was mm-hmm. lynched, you know, hung, burned and everything. And, and uh, you know, KKK yeah. protests and everything. And this is in 2001. You know, and I have my thing with the police, you know, also out there because I'm from California. You don't run me away from uh, a, a fraternity party on my campus and I'm not doing anything wrong. We're literally just hanging out at a party like everybody else does. And the police come, you know, running the cars on the curb and everybody took off. And it looked like South, like, um, uh, um, uh, what was it? Uh, Joseph Serafina, the movie, the South African movie with Whoopi Goldberg, when everybody took off running yep. and there's yep. dust flying and, and police uh, raising their sticks and, and I just stood there in the middle of all of this and I'm just getting angry. You know, how can we be, we're on our campus. How can we be treated like like criminals on our campus? And um, a band of police officers were walking down the street and telling me to go to my car. Uh, a friend of mine from South Bend, uh, a friend of mine, Terrence, from South Bend, said, Barry, get in the car. I said, man, I'm not running. I'm not running from these police. And they were like, get in the car, boy. And I said, boy, who are you calling a boy? And I used the B word, called the police the B word. I, I, 21. I'm not, I'm sorry, Desi. I'm, I was mad. And, um, and so they're still walking towards me. He grabs me. My, my friend grabs me. He pushes me in the car. And uh, by that time, the officers surround the car, open the door. They're like, uh, he's coming with us. It's too late. They grab my arm, pull me out, and just instinctively, 
I pulled away. After that, I got sprayed in the eye, yanked me out the car, and the mace, the pepper spray, just lit everything on fire. I'm choking, can't breathe. Um, I hear people screaming around me. Now, from my friend's perspective, he goes, Barry, they surrounded you in a circle. And uh, so my perspective, I'm on the ground, a police officer kneels down and he goes, uh, you're lucky we don't have our sticks with us, boy. And I said, what? And, and so now I'm scared. Man, come on, please, man, just let me go home. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not angry no more. I'm scared. I'm scared. And then another officer comes and kneels down next to me. And this is a black officer. I can tell because of his voice. He goes, I bet you're going to think next time before you talk to these white cops like that, won't you, boy? Now I'm <laughs> mad again. How dare you? <laughs> so now I'm mad. Man, let me out these cuffs. My uncle is Johnny Cochran. And, you know, I'm lying. But my first yeah. <laughs> and real experiences with racism threw me so hard, man. Um, so I just... Anytime that I hear how you guys dealt with it, I'm amazed because do they do oh, they take you to jail? They put me look. They 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 a friend of mine from the dorm. Uh, he said, "Man, let my friend go." And they put him in the paddy wagon, locked the gate, then put me in between the gate and the back door. Took me to the emergency yeah. room on campus, and. Um, uh, the, the the doctor comes out to the parking lot. He goes, do you want to go to jail or do, you, or do you want to sit here for five hours and wait for us to rinse your eyes out? Or do you want to go to jail and rinse your eyes out? I said, man, take me to jail. I just want to go to, take me to jail. So they put me back in, take me to the uh, holding tank. Uh, I guess we're a bunch of drunk people. They figured I was drunk. Took me to the, to the holding tank and I sat there for like three hours. And then they let me go. It, it, and ch they charged my friend with uh, obstruction of, uh, yeah, so he had to actually did. go to court. But uh, it, it was, it was, it was an eye opener to say the least, um, because some of my friends, my own friends, couldn't understand why I was defiant of the law. Um, and I told them, you know, right. we weren't doing anything wrong. Um, you know, you look at. Yeah. I've been there, Barry. Been there. And that's you know why I'm, I'm so in, you know, I, I appreciate what you guys have done, what you have done, what Hank has done, what Willie has done, what Bobby has done, what, what Jackie has done. Um, you know, being at, at Candlestick, I heard Willie tell a story to uh, Royce, and uh, uh, I think Willie Willie McGee was there. Uh, Darren. D. Lou was Lou, definitely probably. there. D. Lou was there. Uh, they were all playing cards. Yeah. And, um, uh, Willie told the story about Jackie and I can't remember the story, but to hear him talk about it was haunting almost um, to, to hear mm -hmm. about what he had to deal with. And then seeing Chadwick Boseman, rest in peace to Chadwick, uh, portray Jackie in 42, yeah. I cried. I, I cried like a baby, mm -hmm. man, because, you know, being in baseball with you guys, I see it. on, I hear it in your voice. You, I, you know, you hear it when you guys are giving us young people guidance you guys had to endure a lot uh so thank you man no no worries hey man the key is never give up right you hear what i'm telling you because like i i like to tell people that <clears throat> you know it took thomas edison a, a thousand tries before he came up with the light bulb mm. you know what i'm saying so so never give up 
Gotcha. All right, Barry. I got to I see you, my brother. It's been it's been a long time since I've seen you, but I'm so I'm, I'm proud of where you I don't know exactly where you've been, but oh, I'm man. proud of where you Thank you, you so much, Dusty. Okay. And uh I'm going to going to try to get in contact with uh with the mayor, with Mayor Willie, and we're going to try to set that up uh for a future podcast. Yeah. Love Willie. I tell you, I love Willie Brown. <laughs> well, definitely. Dusty, thank you, man. I love you. Love you with all my heart. I'm praying for you and your family and much success in this coming up season. Yeah. Well, same to you, too. All right. God bless you, man. You too, Dusty. I'll talk to you in a minute. All right. Peace. All right. Later.